Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. stupid because that sounded really official and I don't think it's welcome to we have no oh fuck me welcome to we have no strong feelings about Harry Potter hey guess what it's Tom Walker here and I'm also Tom Walker alongside Demi Lardner and I'm Tom Walker and we are addressing the period of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's (laughs) Stone that lays betwixt the princely sum of 52 minutes and 51 seconds and 58 minutes and 27 seconds that's right just shy of an hour lies this little island of time oh not an hour I couldn't possibly Oh no, I'm too shy of it. This I couldn't possibly. Demi, we open up on a verdant green field where children are about to learn how to fly with yes. scant supervision and oh, yeah. almost zero safety measures. Yeah. And um up approaches Lady Booze. Yeah, her name is Madame Hooch, and she is described in the book as having a yellow hawk-like eyes. Yeah, and we just got to take a break to watch our cat do a big piss. Yeah, we're watching. Let's see our if cat he gets it in the tray today. Litter tray. For yesterday, when we took the lid off of his litter tray, just to see if we could give him any more room to fit his face no, in. No, he's lifting oh, his ass Please don't up. piss please on the floor. Don't. Please don't piss on the floor. Please. Please. Oh my God! I don't think he's going to piss on the floor. Oh, yeah, but thank I think it's Christ. He's pissing on the wall of his litter Yeah, tray. I know, but that's because the, the, he's too big. He's Yesterday, too big. he had uh, <laughs> started pissing into the sand, and then as the force of his piss lifted his butt off the ground, his little penis twitches while the his urine comes awful, out. Awful tiny dick. Right, and he hits his face on the roof <laughs> of the shithole. And yeah, so, like. He's supposed to be so graceful, but our cat has only disgraced himself. Yeah, he's just, I finish. Make water come out of little wiggly ass. I love to piss. <laughs> and now I am out of Torbit. Yes. So yesterday he um, started pissing, started with his little penis close to the piss rocks. And then as he was doing it, I guess like the force of it coming out of his little wiggly penis kind of like made him raise his butt in the air. And he started pissing outside of the toilet and into his drinking fountain. <laughs> yeah. If you want a visual for it, I guess it's kind of like those aqua jet packs that people use to yeah. shoot themselves up oh, into the air over exactly- a 
exactly like that. But instead of just shooting harmlessly into the lake, he's uh, pissing awfully into his drinking fountain, yeah. which we then had to empty out. Yeah, and, and then wipe clean the, the floor, floor a lot. It was great. Thank you for giving me sand to stand in while I piss on the place where you live and walk. <laughs> we start this in a flying lesson, Danny. Mm-hmm. It is run by Madame Hooch, who is in the books is described as having yellow hawk-like eyes. Mm-hmm. It is unclear why she has those. Humans do not have those. She is not revealed to be of uh, extra-human origin or supernatural origin. Not she does, to be, yeah. No, but Zoe Wanamaker is wearing uh, contact lenses to that effect in the film. Well, I would say, you know, hawk-like eyes. She's the flying teacher, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, she's, she's good at flying, something to do with birds. But also I think sometimes... Sometimes J.K. Rowling was just like, I don't know, this person's weird. Yeah, this person's magic. cool. Listen, a few pages have gone by without something cool happening. Yeah. This person has uh, hawk-like eyes and uh, a cloaca. What if? What if she, she has <laughs> just one hole? Okay. What if she had said hawk-like eyes, and then you saw a picture of Madame Hooch, and it was a human face with two bird faces coming out of her eye sockets, like. <laughs> And she didn't. She, I like that. And see? so she has four eyes because they're all bird eyes. That makes her so functional. Faces. Yeah. She can see through so far away. That's so interesting because two prey animals on your face makes you the ultimate predator animal because they can see in like every direction because their necks are moving. You're right. Even but though but they're because a, she has two predator animals, she's actually a little bit worse predator than a regular hawk. Oh, I She's was, reaching out with hands. Yeah. I made a mistake. You did make a mistake. I did make a mistake. But that's okay. So hawks have uh, front ways eyes? No, they have eyes on the side that go uh, all round. So that's that, that's those are prey eyes though, is what I'm saying. Because bird eyes are like prey eyes because they're on the side to see predators. Yes. It's still prey eyes, but it is a is it is a predator. Yeah, all birds have prey eyes because all birds are subject to the whims of the sky. Yeah. You know, you gotta watch out for a cloud. Yeah, that's where God lives. Yeah. Puts those clouds in the way. <laughs> you got to make sure that you don't accidentally run into God's flat. Yeah. God fucking hates birds. That's one thing they won't tell you in the Bibble. Yeah. That's B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I hate those fucking birds I made, the B-I-B-L-E. <laughs> in the beginning. There was nothing, and that was better than when there were birds. <laughs> uh, all the children are left on the field with Madame Hooch. I will say uh, I've watched the behind-the-scenes featurettes, and in this scene the director of these first two movies says with, like, you can hear the battle scars in his voice. He's mm-hmm. like, this was the first scene where I said action and the kids didn't do anything, and I felt myself pause and be like, oh, no. And I had to explain to them that action meant Start as like a film director. It was his first big scene with like, uh, you know, there are about twenty children in this, and there's a lot of other extras in In the first scene scene they shot, which is like the first scene they shot was that Hogwarts scene. Yeah, Uh, not the Hogwarts scene, but like the scene at the end of the movie when the Hogwarts Express is being loaded up with Hagrid. Mm. Uh, But this scene was very early on in the shooting schedule. Wait, sorry. Yes. What you just said that this the. Wait, yes. the Hogwarts Express was being loaded up with Hagrid? You know we what? poured all of the haggimints. Oh, you, you scared the oh, cats no. so much. We filled the train. We packed it with as much Hagrid as we could. We thumbed the Hagrid through the windows of the Hoggy Spressy. We got four carriages of me and it's still not enough. <laughs> the bordellos of London crave more Hagrid and they're taking it by the barrel full. <laughs> 
I don't know what you. <laughs> so at the end of the at the end of the film, there is a moment where the Hogwarts it's Express. Just, but we're not talking about the end of the film. Okay, I am just saying that this is not the first scene they filmed, but it is one of the first scenes they filmed, mm, mm-hmm. and. In that vein, and this this is one of the scenes where he describes uh, tell, having to teach the children that action, mm. uh, what action, what um, cut, what sound speed, what all those things mean. As yeah. like, and it's one. Of, I, I think it's just an interesting thing re- remembering that these are children, literal children, and not all of them are like you know acty children. Their mums are living vicariously through them. They no, need to, they already know what action means. Most of them have not been in a movie before. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe had been in one film before. Oh, what was it? I oh gosh, what was it? It was like David Copperfield. It was David Copperfield. Magician movie. Uh, I believe that David Copperfield is uh, took his name from a Charles Dickens thing. I thought David Copperfield was a magician. He is a magician. So, Separate to that, he is. Also, oh, maybe so it's a Dickens movie. Yeah, nineteen ninety film. It's a Charles Dickens and eight. Uh, uh, it's an adaptation of Charles Dickens' eighteen fifty novel of the same name. Okay. Oh, there he is. Looks yucky. Yeah. But yeah, this was what Daniel Radcliffe was in his first time. It's what uh, led to him being cast in this film. When the mm. uh, director saw him in this, after like uh, executing a nationwide search for the Harry, because J.K. Rowling was specific that it'd only be British. And uh, he said, why don't we have like a Daniel Radcliffe type character? And the casting director, desperate for a break, was like, okay, let's bring in Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> I mean, good. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. There was actually, oh man, the producer of this movie. Okay, so are you ready for a Daniel Radcliffe fact? Would love. So his family. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let me get one of them damn facts. <laughs> Is it Radcliffe or is it Sloss? It's Radcliffe. Okay, this is a Daniel Radcliffe fact. A Dan fact. Mark Radcliffe, Mm. Daniel's father, is a film producer and that was kind of his in to movies. Mark Radcliffe is actually an executive producer on this film and his family didn't want him involved in this film because they were – scared of the impact that being in this larger franchise would have on a young child actor, Daniel Radcliffe. Then the producer of this film sat in front of the Radcliffe's at a play. And, and this is them talking about this in one of the extra featurettes. The producer is talking about this. He's like, yeah, I kept turning around. I don't just to look at Daniel. I don't remember much of the play because I kept turning around just to look at this boy. And then it goes to a talking head of Daniel who's like, yeah, he sat in front of us of a play, kept looking at me. Um, (laughs) That's a cool way to let them know that fame won't change their boy. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't. Hey, oh, this being looked at doesn't feel good. Oh, I bet you'll enjoy 10 years of servitude to fucking Warner Brothers. (laughs) Get in here. Get in here. Be a wizard. Oh, God. So, yeah, his family, like, uh, eventually uh, were worn down by the producer who, uh, at that dinner, like, at the play, uh, talked to the his, Daniel Radcliffe's dad and mm. convinced him, basically, that he should be in this film because it will be good. Yeah, I mean, good, 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 good on them. But also creepy for a guy just to keep, come to Looking a play a to boy. stare at your boy. Yeah. 
Navagander at your boy? I was sitting in front of another boy and didn't like my papers on him. I was looking through me eye smellers. <laughs> oh, look at me. The meat in a boy's sandwich. Boys in the front of me and boys to the back. And here I am stuck in the middle with my tendencies. I was trying to use me looking fingers to see Tatsy's boy I was sitting <laughs> in front of. And I did not like it. Not one bit nearly like had no for me doing that. We ended up with... Uh, anyway, to get back to the film. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, I got yeah, us yeah. off track. Uh, we're in a flying lesson, Demi. Mm. With Madame Hooch. Madame Hooch comes in. She's, I guess she's trying to play it like, you know, stern, but uh, I guess... All I really get is stern. She walks up and she's like, uh, I am Madame Hooch. Well, what are you waiting for? And Which is... Not that unlikable because she's not being super like you know when you hear Snape mm. like Snape walks in there were no there will be no silly wand waving or blah, 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 in my class. Madame Hooch comes in and is just like over it. Seems like she just fucking hates her job. Yeah. Well, w- what are you waiting for? Here to teach us how to fly. Yeah. Magic's new to me. You Please, see me w- parents both days. Please, I want you to tell me how to get up there safely because all I know is how to get up there and then down onto me bonds, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> the, I love your bonds. Thanks. Uh, she is listed on the Harry Potter wikia as being uh, adept in broomology, which is, of course, <laughs> the study of brooms. No. Man. How likely is it that they have access to the full font of human creation and still the broom is what they ride along on? It's just, it's like the fact that they don't have any like Nokia 3310s and they only have owls. Do you think that the broom being like used as transport is kind of a society-wide version of like oh fuck, what's the name for that thing? It's it's, it's like a design anachronism. It's the reason that like the calculator on your iPhone has the same features as a calculator in real life. Like, it's not the most ideal way yeah. of doing it. But like a race car bed. Like a race car bed for, like, me who used to sleep in their car and I'm like, I don't know how to sleep unless I'm in a car. So I got a race car bed. Listen, not exactly. Is that kind of what you mean? But for society? I guess. And when, when my but family like, kicked me out and I slept in my car for a bit. I guess so. The, then after that, after I sat, after I stopped sleeping in my car, I got a race car bed, and I was like, "This feels right." Yeah, because I was still in a car, so it was easier to sleep because I just knew that I was in some kind of vehicle. Okay, what you're talking about? Yes. Is yeah. What you're talking about is being weaned off a very sad period in, of your life into a happy period of your life. Okay, and what I'm I wasn't tr- happy. Okay. Hey, Demi. Yeah. At what point does a flying broom stop being a broom and start being a flying stick? Because it seems like all they want is a stick and it maintains some of the features of a broom, but there's no reason for it to maintain those features. There's no reason it should be shaped like a broom because I remember the um, like the Nimbus 2001 – no, the f- – wait – yeah, I think the Nimbus 2001s have like – they don't even really have bristles. Yeah. It's kind of just the exactly. shape of like – it's like a like Lego a broom. Yeah. It's all one piece. 
So when does this stop being a broom? What are the functions of having a broom? Well, when does a car stop being a car? Is it when you put a pillow inside, when you lie down and just kind of sulk your way into a slumber? Going through a bad time. Is it when you drive it to the open mic or when you sleep outside the front of the open mic after trying out your bits? Anyway, um... (laughs) Uh, the children left light. Uh, the uh, children are told to summon their brooms with up. What I heard you say was the children left a lie. So let's <laughs> that talk was about. Me. Hey Tom, can yeah. we please talk about the children left a lie? The children left a lie. Oh, yeah. Of course, a beautiful part of the Wizarding World. Beautiful part of the a Wizarding gorgeous World. Gorgeous part of the Wizarding World. We all adore the children left, left a lie. Left a lie. <laughs> that. Do you want to know the origin of me saying that? What? I uh, misread a note that I have in my notes, which is the children are just left to die. <laughs> Anyway, the Chimney Left Alive are there. Yeah. Uh, Madam Hooch tells them uh, to hold a hand over their broom and say in a clear voice, up. Yeah, which I guess I don't. Uh, man, this is all. I don't want I hate that my brain sparks off on this, but in my head I'm like, so does that mean that their brooms are specially made and enchanted for use as flying objects? You know, they yeah. are enchanted to respond to just the word up. I would have to think so. Right. Like, do we have any broom lore that says that, like, like, are there special brooms? Could a wizard fly on any broom? Could they fly on anything if they really wanted to? Could they fly without a broom? Could they fly on their fucking wand? Is the broom only used because it's a convenient thing that's easy to have around your house if you have any, like, anyone who's not a wizard or witch so over something to explain? Yes. And if so... What else would be good? Genco In my jeans. mind, oh, that's good. Just a flattened out. What if you had a pair of jeans, a pair of jeans hanging in your closet? Mm. You never wear them because, and the outside observer does not know this, but they are stiff as a board, oh. and you can get on them at any point because they are reinforced the whole way down, yeah. and so you're just riding on a pair of perfect jeans. You're riding on. You're surfing on a pair of perfect jeans. Okay, so you're riding on them with your. Feet horizontal across the jeans. Yeah, you've got one on like the waistband and one on one of the flares. That's good. And then the sidecar for your dame is the other pant leg and they're stiff from Dumbledore's jizz. Okay. That's how you get a flying jean. Uh, uh, Neville ends up in the air Mm. because he disobeys. Uh, No, he doesn't. He was just fucked up. She said, mount your broom and on my whistle, kick off hard from the ground, hover for, for a few seconds and then come back down, and Neville just completely fucks up. Yeah, he goes way up. I will he say, does not know how to stop. No, he does not know at all. Also, uh, in the behind-the-scenes featurettes, uh, Neville, uh, the actor who plays him, talks about how he was genuinely scared on the day because he'd only read the script, and then they got there, and he was like, so this is not clear because they've obviously gotten all of this out, but he is basically on the end of a crane. God. There like it is a crane that just ends in a long rod. And oh. that long rod has been painted and had broom added to it. And then the like next 10 feet of rod is painted blue so as to be easy to cr- uh, to key out of the mm. scene. But it's just a boy getting mechanically shaken oh. like 20 feet in the air oh. and having to hang on. Holy it shit. It is terrifying. That's so fucked up. It's fucking awful to watch. And he has the perfect coward's face to be shook at that high in the air. Uh, director, what will we be doing today? 
Shake this chubby boy <laughs> High up in the air now, Far away that he does not enter my field of vision Now today is the scene where we keep the unethical carnies on set <laughs> Only the ones who operate the Royal Easter Show after it's toured the major cities <laughs> Once we, they can afford to shuffle some homicides in <laughs> You know, we, in Adelaide we just called it the Royal Show Yeah, because we got to you after Easter, right? Uh, I guess. Mm. Anyway, Neville takes off. He's slamming against the wall. He's going on a massive joyride. Uh, Madam Hooch jumps in front of the children with her wand out and then Commando rolls away from the children. So she is like <laughs> heroic for a second yeah, and then cowardly and like, oh, a second shit. after. Yeah. Oh, dude, I was bluffing. I thought the broom would just know. Yep. Um, Neville uh, took took tie up into the air by his bad, bad broom. Yep. It drops him onto a spire, his robe rips. That drops him onto a light fixture where his robe comes off of his arms. He lands on his wrist. Yep. Uh, Madam Hooch comes over, diagnoses it as broken, tuts about seven times. She is listed on the Harry Potter wiki as being a kind-hearted because she takes him to get his wrist treated after he breaks That's it. so nice of her. That's so cool oh. that a teacher would even care that a student broke his wrist under broke her care. Broke his fucking the wrist. The second they turn a corner, she's memory charming him to be like, you did this to yourself, you filthy little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you turned up with a broken wrist, didn't you? Yes, 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 I did. yes, I did. She pulls his arm off and rides it away. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, a mannequin leg would be a perfect one. Wouldn't that be fucking awesome? So good, eh? Oh, that's what I would be. I, I mean, I think it was not the worst witch. What is it? Hocus Pocus. One of them rides a vacuum, and I thought that was very funny as a child. That is good. It's like a full vacuum. Yeah, absolutely. And a huge be... flex if you're riding a Dyson. Oh, I, my God. Oh, it was, got that it money definitely wasn't a Dyson. It was like a really shitty old Hoover oh. or something. But I think that was Kathy Najimy that uh, oh. rode the... Uh... Congrats, Kathy. Yeah. Well done, Kathy. Oh, you all know, Sister Rack Money. I'm trying to think about what I have around, and the closest things I have are like ironing board or like one of those rods that you lie, like you use to uh, straighten out your back. Maybe yeah. a buff wizard could ride a barbell around. Oh, yeah. But um, like looking around our house I think house maybe now, I'd ride like the cat. Flat screen TV. I could ride Dave. I could <laughs> ride... Um, uh, PlayStation 4 or 5, even um, if we're setting it in the future optimistic. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Clue. Hey, real quick. Yeah. The, um, j- just real quick. The Nicolas Cage pillow that we have. Yeah. Your, um... Your shirt is making it look like he has the most beautiful red mane of hair. We bought, okay, so a bit of background for the listener. I saw, listen, I'm only human. I bought a product off of Wish.com that was advertised to me on Facebook. And it is one of those pillows that you would see at Woolworths or Kmart Woolworths. or whatever. I don't know. Uh, that you would see at Kmart or yeah, it's Target. it's made out of mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's a glittery thing where one way sequence. it shows a design, a, a sequence, yeah. and one way it shows a design, the other way it shows Yeah, if just you like a, wipe it up with your hand and the sequins go the other way, it shows like just red. The other way it's Nicolas Cage's face. It's the most uncomfortable pillow I've ever touched in my it entire sucks. life. It feels We bad. leave it's it away from bad. us. I knew it was going to be uncomfortable because it's I fucking sequins. throw it out. It's very bad. You can't throw it out. It's a sin. You can't throw out a face. It's a sin to 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 throw. Maybe we should do a sky burial of the pillow. That's a really good idea. Let's let's make a hawk eat our pillow and yeah. then die. Yeah, come so over other here. hawks can eat it. Uh, It'll be like the plague. Uh, Draco steals Neville's Rememberall. Yeah, so he um, he ne- Neville leaves his Rememberall. I mean, he drops it, you know, because he had yeah. a fucking crash. And then, um, well, presumably, it was being held by the wrist that then broke. Yeah, which obviously, you know, you get some structural problems like that. I mean, that Rememberall will end up on the ground. Yeah, Draco picks it up, finds it, fat shames Neville. Yeah, very cool. Maybe if he'd remembered to look at this, he would have remembered to land on his fat ass. Yeah, like. Dude. <laughs> Damn. Oh, maybe if he looked at the rememberal, he'd have remembered he's dummy thick and th- that ass could take any amount of pounding. <laughs> They're not going to be able to sneak into Madame Pomfrey's office. The sound of his ass clapping's going to get there <laughs> 10 minutes before he does. Turns up at the infirmary. The yeah. nurse is like, "Oh, got hit with a big bot curse, did you?" <laughs> <laughs> no, this is my normal house. Oh, you lucky boy! Oh, you're walking around with a round of applause on you. Oh, not all of us are lucky to keep a standing ovation in our jeans. <laughs> Menagiotis. <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, Draco steals the rememberall. Uh, Harry says, "Give it back, Draco." And then Draco does like a really fucking style and lift off on his broom. He is killing it. Like, he stands does- on it like he's on uh, one of the trolleys in what is it like San Fran or whatever, and or St. Louis, mm. and 
Like standing on it with one hand holding the broom, the other one holding the remember all. It's on an angle and he just kind of lifts off standing on side. Like it's really cool. It's very cool. It's not cool. even side saddle. Like he's standing on the bristles. Yeah. The uh, There's a great line reading by Hermione where she says, what an idiot, which oh, I love. Harry, no. You know what Madam Hooch said. It's um, – Incredible. Her, it's incredible how much her general like attitude and haughtiness is toned down so severely in the second movie. Yeah. The a thing that I will say, uh, now that I've watched all of the behind-the-scenes things, uh, Emma Watson, they, they kind of contrast uh, Emma Watson now with interviews of Emma Watson then, and they show an, a thing of Emma Watson now saying, like, yeah, back in that movie I was very um, – I was, I was really at pains to show that I wasn't like Hermione because I didn't want to be like her. I wanted to be like a tomboy. I wanted to be cool. In retrospect, I was absolutely like Hermione. Yeah. Like I, that was all I was. Constantly but for some reason and- I just didn't want to be – seen as that there's no there's no for some reason like it's very like if i could just real quick get real for a second but like girls were constantly told that it sucked to be a girl yeah like at that point it it, like tomboys were the only cool people and not much has changed you know like if you're on set um somewhere with uh like you know dudes that are working the sound or like grips or like directors or whatever they'll you know they'll constantly say like hey you're cool right and then say some sexist bullshit so like (laughs) It's, hey, you're cool, right? Pussies are gross. Hey, um, you're cool, right? And then they cut your pussy off and throw it into the sun. Yeah. You're like, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's cool. So, I um, wasn't using that too often. So basically Malfoy throws the remembral. Harry um, does an amazing catch and but is seen – what? I will say – he catches it amazingly. There is a sick moment where he tries to grab it off Malfoy and Malfoy spins the entire – like spins 360. He does a full barrel roll. No, you're remembering this wrong. Harry catches the remembral and does a full roll. No, 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 no. It. This is before he throws it. Before Draco throws it, he does a uh, Draco does a full barrel roll. Does he? Before Harry tries to grab as tra- Harry tries to grab it off him. Oh, well. Yeah, and then Harry the goes like is it's. Uh, and then Harry whooshes past him. Uh, and then as he catches the remembral, he does a full spin. Yes. Uh, holds it up in the air triumphantly. McGonagall sees him through her office window. Yeah. And would love to get some more information on that office, McGonagall. Maybe oh, we could yeah. set something, a bottle episode just within McGonagall's office. Yeah, baby. Where's that litter tray at? <laughs> Do you think she's going to piss in your drinking fountain, <laughs> McGonagall? Uh, well, I'm a fucking meal cat. <laughs> I can't stop. I'm addicted to the barbs. <laughs> so um, McGonagall sees him essentially. Um, Do you think that McGonagall identifies as a Barbie? What? Because she fucks awful cat penises. Oh, my God. You suck. <laughs> I fucking hate you, dude. <laughs> Anyway, McGonagall takes fuck me. McGonagall takes shack full of cats. Harry, horny male cats. Harry Potter, come with me. Takes horny him, dicks at the ready. Walks him through Hogwarts. Smells bad. Takes him to Quirrell's class. Feels where, worse. Where he's t- teaching defense against the dark. <laughs> Actually, I will say I've got a note here that um, is so she thorny the whole fucking way down. <laughs> She interrupts Quirrell. Like a rose stem, but the other way around. Uh, she interrupts Quirrell, who's busy teaching Iguana. What? <laughs> 
yeah. Because all he's, he's doing is holding water. a big lizard. But you can hear it like screaming. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. But it's screaming in not an iguana's voice. No. It's screaming in like the pack of... Uh, it's screaming like when you got a new game in the 90s and you could unpack the CD and just scroll through the sound effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, just like... Yeah. And so then whenever he walks in, he's just holding this iguana holding up to the iguana, class. Holding yeah. Uh, not after the class, it's during. Up to the class. Oh, sorry. up to it. Right, I see. Um, and McGonagall comes up and says, uh, Professor Quirrell, can I... I uh, was Sorry, that was a burp. Professor Quirrell, can I, um, uh, can I borrow wood for a moment? He's like, oh, yes, of course. Um, she brings out, uh, she uh, brings Oliver Wood out into the um, into the corridor. Should we say, friend of the show, Sean Biggerstaff plays yeah, Oliver Wood. I know, I know the lad. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, he's. Really I'll try. Nice maybe guy. I'll try and get him to like. I don't know. Record something for the pod. I'll talk to him or something. Do yeah. a short thing. If I can, he might be fucking sick of it. Yeah, hey, more power to I him. I would be. If he's sick of this and wants to say fuck you and break ties with us completely. More power to him. Yeah. So um, uh, Oliver Wood, Sean Biggerstaff, in the hallway. Um, at, uh, Wood, I have found you a seeker. William. So basically from Harry just flagrantly defying the rules of the yeah. school, he's got himself a new extracurricular job. So isn't it, it's like it's like, <laughs> it's like McGonagall going to the sex ed teacher and being like, I saw a lad getting the most marvellous wristy. <laughs> Would you like to have him as the sex captain? <laughs> Yeah, he's told he's doing something that was explicitly flagged as being grounds for expulsion yeah. by a teacher after she is while she was escorting a child. I guess she's not going to dob him in for that because, like, in the world, yeah, McGonagall would go to Hooch and be like, "Why was Harry just on his broom doing that cool stuff?" And mm. she would be like, "Oh, well, you see, a child broke their wrist under yeah. my cat. I mean." I told him to be cool. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, and then then basically the next. No, let's scene. get back to the sex captain. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> so Harry Potter is the sex captain. Yeah. Uh, teaches just like his father do- before him. <laughs> so um. Then we is see the sex captain that thing where the clitoris is darting around the stadium the whole time and yeah, no one and can see has it. it. No one can see it. It's really really hard to find. <laughs> Only the shortest, most eleven year old boy on the team can find it. <laughs> Uh, we got to John Cleese uh, saying that Harry uh, uh, would always, knowing that ha- he knew that Harry would always do well as a ghost floating through. John, John Cleese? Cleese is nearly headless Nick. Billy Connolly? I'm pretty sure it's John Cleese. I always thought it was Billy Connolly. No. Uh, it is John Cleese, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And it's is. not Billy Connolly? Yeah, no, it's not. Shit. Prove it to me, because I know okay. you're right now, but thinking of it, I was like, I always thought it was Billy Connolly. Okay, here's an easy trick. Billy Connolly is Scottish. Nearly Headless Nick is not Scottish. Yeah, but um, I've seen... Also, that's John Cleese. Yeah, it sure is. Hey, why is the background to your computer Crimes of Grindelwald? Because I'm on the Harry Potter wiki. And they just have Crimes of Grindelwald yeah, just on there? because that's Google Chrome. And oh, hey, that fucking sucks. It's very bad. Um, I'm so- Yeah, I don't know why I fucking thought that. What a weird thing to think. I have um, an idea why. 
Because you think all white men above a certain age yeah. are the one person. I really can't. Well, not even above a certain age. It's usually above a certain height. Yeah. Um. So nearly headless Nick throats throats pass. <laughs> Throat. He He's throating right like crazy. Past. Only having half of one himself. It's really good the way that he can throat. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, it's kind so, of like uh, I believe that nearly headless Nick throats the same way that skaters use a half pipe. <laughs> like he yeah. runs the dick down one side and then up the other. <laughs> And then back again using gravity. Uh, the twins. Uh, nearly headless Nick floats past. Okay. And he uh, informs Misk Ghost. <laughs> He's just also, I guess that the horror of the afterlife in this world is that you're just constantly up to date with high school politics. <laughs> Like, as soon as he leaves the frame, you know, he's like, and Pavati fingered. Pavati. Pavati. Would you believe she's learned to jack off? <laughs> and Screech, he had the gall to talk to Slater. Would you believe Jughead's cool now? <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's and then there's a scene where, yeah, the twins are talking to him. They're beaters. I think that none Just of Just like Pavati. None of, yes, very good. Really good, baby. Thank you. None of the ghosts in Harry Potter led a good life because they are trapped in high school for the rest of eternity. Well, and that is the worst thing I can imagine. They've got unfinished business. I wonder if nearly headless Nick could cut the rest of his head off, whether he would move on. Because mm. he could be part of the headless hunt. Yeah, maybe. Or at least if, you know, someone chucked like, I don't know, 98% of a pumpkin on there. Yeah. Maybe he'd be through. Yeah. The twins are such bad actors in this next scene. I will say that whichever one of them is to the right of this scene has the our biggest. Right. Our right. Yeah. Screen right, I would yeah. say. Uh, as someone who has possessed this himself, has it all the time, he has the strongest case of just don't look at the camera energy. That I've oh, ever yeah, felt. Absolutely. Poor guy, like ca- can, eyes darting everywhere, trying you, not to look totally. directly at the most interesting thing in the room. And you can really kind of also feel him searching for his lines in those eyes as well. Like he knows oh, them, yeah. but he's like, I, I, you know, I can't look at this one thing that is so, so shiny. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's a thing. But um, I do think the twins, like, I think they banked so much on those twins getting hot. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think so. And I think the twins are attractive in the later movies. Oh, that's good. Um, but starting off, they were just too weird. Like every identical twin is fucking weird. Yeah. Especially the ones that like still look like each other. Like wouldn't you kind of branch out into your own style? Surely one of you would shave their head, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Lies of Locke Lamora style for those fantasy heads out there. Yeah. But like, yeah, genuinely I can't imagine sharing the exact same face as someone and yeah. then opting into it. Yeah. So anyway, um, we see Hermione doing some nerdy outside studying with some teacher that's like, it's such a beautiful day. Why won't you do the little lesson outside? Yeah. And Hermione gets up, sees her friends walking past, and um, Harry's like, oh, I don't. Oh, what if I'm no good or, or something along those lines? What, what is yeah. it? What if I? What if I'm? What if I'm? What if I'm rubbish? Yeah. What if I'm? What if I'm trash? What if I can't carry my team? What if I'm ELO like sub bronze? <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if I'm a real Luigi? Yeah, there we go. So then Hermione what comes up. What if I up. can't even make Elite Smash? <laughs> so Hermione so shows up and walks up beside them and says, You 
won't. It's in your blood. Which sounds like a real fucking pure blood ideology, Hermione. Yeah, Hermione. As someone who only has one generation of wizard in their blood, I would quiet down this uh, the it, blood remembers shit. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That made me, oh, yeah, okay, it's in his blood. Do you yeah. believe that, Hermione? I guess it's just like being a good friend. Like, no, you're going to be great, yeah. I guess, but still, yikes. No, dude, your dad has a thick dick. Yeah, you must too. Remember- Can't wait to tell Ginny in four years. Oh, boy. Um, And then we go, we see his dad's trophy for being a seeker as well. Was he a seeker? I, actually, I don't think he was. I think he was just on the Quidditch I think team. he was the Quidditch captain, maybe. Yes, yes, he was a captain. Which is separate from the most important role in the team and arguably the only role that matters at all. Yeah, why is it just two seekers? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so- that's my theory is that they found the person who made Quidditch mm. was building off a one-on-one game yeah. and then they were like, well, listen, guys, it would be nice if – I don't know, eight aside could play at once. Yeah. And so they added in a game that meant nothing. Mm. Just to add something, just to like up the player count, get more people interested, get yeah. more personalities in, just so if one of these personalities catches on fire, you get them sponsorship deals and people are interested. But it's just all this game is is a duel with a third party. This is what it is. It's like in our world, someone looked at tennis and was like, could this be a team sport? <laughs> yeah, it's and like- then had nine people behind each person doing the haka just until one person won the fucking yeah. match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, no, it's like if uh, every game of tennis had a bunch of people doing theatre sports. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. all of the theatre sports was graded uh, at the end of an hour. Yeah. And the winner of every tennis point just won. And they were all also holding tennis rackets. Yes. <laughs> we're doing it too. We're like you, we're but the different. Same. Yay, we're um, the same. So. We uh, end I up mean, in a, one of the beautiful stairways of Hogwarts, yep. don't we? And we're about to see them go up. Cannot wait. Yeah. Cannot wait to see these three pre-teens ascend. It's going to be so good to see someone climb one of these famous Hogwarts staircases. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, that's the end of this scene. Uh, my favourite bits, I suppose, were probably... Man, I really just like that. I think I, it doesn't really count as a part of the scene, but just the absolute social contract whiplash of like this kid fucked up majorly. Let's give him a job. Is <laughs> yeah. just fucking rules to me. Yeah. Like McGonagall is so fucking badass. Like yeah. everything that she does, like she's the teacher that like is just like so stern and then every now and then just winks at you for saying come under your breath. <laughs> You know. I, I've had a sip or two of that in my time. <laughs> Better than pumpkin juice. <laughs> I love our Scottish people. Hey, <laughs> they sound like a mix between an Irish person and a theremin. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway. I think my favourite moment was definitely when McGonagall interrupted uh, Quirrell's Defence Against the Dark Arts lesson Mm. and he was like, "Ah," because she just caught him holding an iguana in front of a bunch of kids. Yeah, he he transfigured his dick into a big lizard that sat on his shoulder. What do you all think of this? (laughs) So um, any facts that you didn't get around to in this scene, baby? Uh, No, I don't believe there are. I got everything I wanted out. In that case, Tom, uh, how do you feel about Harry Potter? Um, I have no strong feelings about Harry Potter. Okay. Demi, 
if I have one question for you, mm. it's this. Do you, how do you feel about Harry Potter? No strong feelings. All right. Bye. See you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.